Ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome to the January 9th, 2024 Lawrence City Commission meeting. And to go ahead and start us off, our first item of the day is our executive session. Um, and it is to consider a motion to recess into executive session. I move to approve a motion to recess in executive session for approximately 20 minutes to discuss the possibility of acquiring real estate, real property in the city pursuant to an exception of KSA 75-4319B6 for the preliminary discussion of the acquisition of real property. The justica justification for the executive session is to keep the possible terms and conditions of the property acquisition confidential at this time. The city commission will resume its regular meeting in the city commission room at approximately Let's see, what is that, 6.06 uh, after the executive session is concluded. I second that motion. So first and a second. All right, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 That is 5-0. We are now in executive session. Thank you all. <clears throat> session and we have nothing to report. Um, that being said, I will continue our meeting. And Sherry, if you would, please go ahead and uh, give us the rundown. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. To minimize distractions during the meeting, please silence your cell phone. For those attending virtually, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. The city reserves the right to turn videos off or mute virtual participants. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. When the mayor calls for public comment, please approach the podium to indicate you wish to speak. For those participating virtually, you should use the raise hand function to indicate you wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat and all chats go directly to the meeting host. Please state your name before speaking, and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Sherry. All right. To continue us on to item B, approve the agenda. The City Commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Do I have a motion to approve the agenda? I move to approve the agenda. Mayor. Oh. Uh, yes. This is Commissioner Sellers. Um, not to talk anybody, but I would like to make an amendment. Um, I do believe it's a friendly amendment. It's more for informational purposes. I wanted to see if under our regular agenda item for item two to see if we could get an update just on overflow as it relates to um, our unhoused community. I know we have a lot of different moving parts with that. And with today's storm and with freezing temperatures coming in, you know, just would like for us to be able to have a brief discussion about that to get an update on where we're at with that. Next time we meet, it's going to be after the fact, so um, I don't think this is too much of a bend for city staff. And uh, just wanted to see if, if we'll be just for for a vote for consideration for us to add under regular uh, agenda items, item number two, overflow plan update for unhoused individuals. Could it, would it be sufficient if the uh, yeah, commission item or city manager's report? The fact that we wouldn't get this back until after the fact, so that would not be sufficient for me. Hence the reason why I'm asking to amend the, amend the agenda to add a second regular agenda item. 
for tonight. Yes, for tonight, for tonight's discussion. Um, well, uh, do we, Greg? I mean, it's an amendment, so okay. for those who know parliamentary procedure, you can either not okay. second it, kill it, oh. or you can second it and go to a vote. But that I am presenting an amendment. Right. Sure. I, I, I'm just making sure we have people to go ahead and speak to this. Craig, would we be a... Be all right. Okay. And I would say we have it'll probably be online. There's probably not sure there's anybody here, but we'll we'll get resources to respond to whatever questions there would be. Okay. All right. Vice second that motion. All right. It's a second of the motion. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Okay. It's five zero. That has been added to the regular agenda as item number two. That being said, with the new um, amended agenda, is there a motion out there to go ahead and approve it? May I just, Commissioner Sowers, I move to approve the uh, agenda as amended. I second that motion. There's a first and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Did I catch Commissioner Larson? Was she? Yeah, I said oh, aye. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. 5-0. All righty. All right. Moving us on to item C, recognition and proclamation um, presentation. Uh, first item, proclaim Monday, January 15th, 2024, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, is there anyone here to speak to that? Thank you. Am I just supposed to speak now, or is there a, I don't know the procedure of this? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. People hated Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I, mean, I don't mean they didn't like him as a person. They hated what he was doing, who he was, what he represented, and they hated him enough to kill him. If I'm being honest, it's strange being recognized for the work I've done for my siblings and family in Lawrence, and in particular, the black community. Because while I do not pretend to be anything like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I do and have felt the smoke and seen the fires of what direct action, boycotts, sit-ins, rallies, marches, protests, and community does. Dr. King was absolutely despised by those hell-bent on endlessly benefiting from systems of oppression and genocide. Moreover, I also feel similar in the way that Dr. King was the face of the movement, but the integral people, the essential voices, the foundational pieces were always there doing the work. People who are often forgotten about in activism because they were not accepted nor celebrated until afterwards. Those such as Bayard Rustin, Marsha P. Johnson, and others. Specifically, the queer, trans, and non-binary siblings who gave their lives and their livings to press forward, knowing that the results of fighting for the oppressed would elevate all of those who are oppressed. I believe that those in the liminal spaces have always known what it means to be intersectional, to be working in tandem with more than their life, but also with the lives of the whole. I digress because I want to highlight how I feel very viscerally the disdain of those in power, 
who have often very li offered very little but felt an awful lot about the push, the shouts, the cries, the rage towards liberation, even incrementally, and especially, yes, especially here in Lawrence, where we aren't Kansas City or Topeka. We aren't Kansas City and we aren't Topeka, and because of that, we have, we have bought the lie that the black community isn't enough to be prevalent and to be predominant. We've always been designated as not being as bad as Kansas City or Topeka, not realizing that this was in reference to crime, not power. The more I learn about the black community in Lawrence, the history and the beauty we possess, the more ashamed I am that I didn't fight back against those statements earlier in my life. I'm proud of us and how we've stayed and how we built joy and connected lives outside of the survival of being black in this community. I often feel like I'm spinning my wheels through, uh, though Commissioner Sellers, I do hear you speaking on the right side of history when it comes to the vast majority of things, which historically highlights how black non-men have had to do the work to enlighten and carry the emotional burden of the rest of the population. However, this is a commission, not a singular person, and I hope that what I'm saying comes through to you because we are running out of time and certainly running out of comparisons. The black community here deserves investment, opportunity, and support. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not despised because he was smarter than those around him. He was despised because he did not choose the things that were popular. He did things that pissed people off because his existence and his practice was a character attack on those that, who chose silence, complicity, and to fly under the radar in their private planes of privilege. Today, as I write this, it was reported that over 22,438, actually 30,000, Palestinians have been killed and 57,614 wounded by Israel. Write a proclamation that's sturdy and that condemns the Palestinian genocide without worrying about the false narratives that come with siding with the oppressed. You'll remember how they painted us during the Black Lives Matter movement as hating everyone else rather than simply elevating the agony and struggle of black bodies and lives. Rest assured, while I do not know what he would say because he was assassinated, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be against all genocide, be it Palestine, Congo, or other places in the world. What I can tell you is that we have to remember that we are no longer a part of history that is able to forget the actions of individuals. This is the digital age. Everything is remembered. Whether it, whether it is an action of people with the power to make change, to make proclamations, to make statements, to speak up, or to make changes in policy, or whether it's the way we support those around us, history won't forget. Choosing the safest way isn't leadership. Cho choosing the best way is leadership, even if it costs you something. So, so with this honor, I say that I hope that we walk forward and we walk into the future knowing that we have something that we can focus on because Martin Luther King Day isn't about peace. It's about the fight towards the journey of peace in the end. Thank you. Yeah. Whereas the city of Lawrence recognizes that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. devoted his life to eliminating injustice, racism, and fear with peaceful protest, unity, and understanding with the faith that in the end, racial justice and harmony would prevail. And whereas Dr. King endured imprisonment, physical violence, adversity by government officials, racist evildoers to achieve uh, to achieve change that would alter the course of American history with his leadership and practice of nonviolence, which continues to inspire this nation and world, to reaffirm the importance of education and fairness as the foundation to end 
prejudice and discrimination, and whereas Dr. King devoted his life to the advancement of the civil rights and public of civil rights and public service, he believed in a notion of freedom and justice for all, and challenged all citizens to help build a more perfect union and live up to the purpose and potential of America. And Whereas we continue to commit ourselves to the dreams of Dr. King in the special year of commemoration, we engaged in the valuable activity of reserving a day towards that end, and we recall the legacy that Doc, Reverend Dr. King created. And whereas it is remembered in the exceptional values expressed by Dr. King and his legacy as celebrated and recognized by national holidays and the building of monuments for him as a model of American patriotism. Now, therefore, I, Bart Littlejohn, mayor of the city of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim Monday, January 15th as Dr. Martin Luther King Day, Jr. Day. All right. I believe Caleb is left. Um, I'll go ahead and move us on to our next proclamation. Uh, proclaim, proclaim the month of January 2024 as Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, Hello. Um, do you guys want me to speak first or proclamation first? Uh, you can go ahead and speak. Okay, great. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Adrienne Nunez. I am the associate, um, or sorry. Assistant Associate Director of External Affairs at the Willow Domestic Violence Center. Um, I'm here today to talk about Human Trafficking Awareness Month, which is January. Um, the Willow, we serve Franklin, Douglas, and Jefferson counties. Um, but for our human trafficking program, we actually extend that to nine additional counties. And we've been serving uh, survivors of human trafficking in Northeast Kansas since 2014 now. Um, we see a lot that human trafficking is very sens sensationalized in the media. It can make it appear like um, someone has to be kidnapped, um, somebody has to be taken, uh, physically restrained when we're talking about human trafficking. But a lot of times our clients are experiencing things that are um, not physical, things that are psychological and emotional restraints. And those are the reasons why they are stuck in that situation. Um, we. We know that traffickers are going to groom somebody that has a vulnerability. They're going to look for someone who um, needs maybe financial help, needs support, needs family, um, needs love, all sorts of different things. They're going to connect with them, get to know them, figure out what that is that they need. They're going to fill that need. And then after a while, they'll be, they'll be able to exploit that person. And so we always want to support people in all kinds of different ways to help them hopefully avoid even getting in a situation like that. Um, we often hear about trafficking rings, which absolutely do happen, but trafficking can also happen just between two people. Um, it can be an intimate partner, it could be a family member, it could be a friend, so it can really be anybody. Um, in 2023, the Willow served 50 um, survivors of human trafficking throughout our service area. We provided um, services like emergency shelter, um, court services, case management, um, you know, just support in general. Um, and we are just very honored to be able to support those, those clients of ours and those survivors. And we appreciate the community collaborations that we have um, and that we will continue to combat this through those community collaborations and through the prevention work that we do. Um, so I just want to say thank you guys. Uh, thank you, City Commissioners, for recognizing January as Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Thank you. All right. Um, whereas... 
Human trafficking, a modern form of slavery, is one of the largest and fastest growing criminal industries in the world and based on recruiting, harboring, and transporting people for the purpose of exploitation. And whereas sex trafficking and labor trafficking occur in Kansas in both adults and children of any gender, socioeconomic status, age, race, sexual orientation, or geographic location can become victimized. And whereas human trafficking Human trafficking includes sexual, verbal, emotional, economic, and physical abuse and exploitation, and all forms of abuse carry long-term complex trauma implications. And whereas Kansas human trafficking laws define commercial exploitation of children, which does not require a showing of force, fraud, threat, or coercion, and referencing the existing statutory definition of human trafficking and aggravated human trafficking, and whereas the effects of human trafficking reach far beyond its victims and perpetrators, causing disruption in our schools, places of work, and neighborhoods, and whereas organizations are taking the lead on human trafficking initiatives in Lawrence, Kansas, including, but not limited to, the following Lawrence Police Department, Lawrence Anti-Trafficking and Education Task Force, the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center, Burt Nash, LMH Health, Lawrence Community Shelter, University of Kansas, RADAC, the Lawrence School District 497, and the Willow Domestic Violence Center. Now, therefore, I, Nathan Littlejohn, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim January 2024 as Human Trafficking Awareness Month and urge all citizens and urge the citizens of Lawrence to speak out against sex and labor trafficking and exploitation and support the survivors of these heinous crimes to encourage community leaders to hold offenders accountable and to make preventable efforts a priority by hosting events, by creating policies at work, school, and home, and by supporting and participating in programs designed to reduce and eventually eliminate human trafficking as a societal problem. As a community, we will commit to creating and executing a comprehensive, collaborative, and trauma-informed response for the safety and security of human trafficking survivors. Thank you very much. All right, that moves us on to our next item. D, public comments. The public is allowed to speak on issues or items that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. Comments should be limited to issues and items germane to the business of the governing body. The commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Each person will be limited to three minutes for comments. My name is Rowan Schering. I'm a Lawrence resident. I uh, just wanted to come up again and say that the rules that the pilot shelter village is going to have for who can stay there, like that you can't have guests or visitors and you can't have your pets with you and you have to be physically disabled, a veteran, a victim of domestic violence or um, physically disabled, a veteran, a victim, or a victim of domestic violence. Um, but a lot of people who are staying at the North Lawrence camp 
would be excluded for one or more of those reasons. Um, and I haven't really seen anything put out suggesting what's going to be done for those people yet. Like, well, why do people have to not allow, why, why do people have to leave behind friends and family who would visit them there in order to be at the palace? Why do people have to leave their pets behind to go to pallet? Why do they have to be in one of these categories of person in order to qualify for it? I feel like as an emergency shelter option, it should ideally be more low barrier than that. Um, like what about people who are mentally disabled or what about people who, who you know, their, their pets are the reason they get up in the morning? Um, I, 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 and also there's a 7 p.m. curfew, which I feel like is really restrictive, unnecessarily so, and can make it more difficult for people to do things like go get employment, um, or to reach out for other community supports. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I just don't, I just wanna make sure that these people aren't abandoned. I wanna make sure that, that they have somewhere to go. And I, as far as I last heard about it, these rules are still in place. And the last I heard about it, the North Lawrence camp is gonna stop, gonna be closed and stop receiving any supports after Pallet gets up and running. And hopefully it does get up and running soon because we have a lot of people out in the cold and those units are all sitting empty right now. Uh, thank you. Put that coffee cup up there front and center for a reason. Before I get started though, I think we ought to see if the commission can't do something and get Kurt to like make this audio go out there instead of turning the TV on. That way it's immediate because we're getting an echo and we couldn't understand half of what she was saying and I doubt most people in the back could either. I'm sure there's a way that this city with the millions of dollars that we have can just broadcast this mic out there and be done with it. It'd be a lot easier. That coffee cup is up front and center tonight because I want to know where the fuck was burnt Nash. I'm still drinking my coffee. I'm assuming all theirs was gone because they were in their office all day because there wasn't a damn one of them out on the street today. We had a death at one of the homeless camps today. There is no street outreach happening in this town. Let me say that again. There is no street outreach happening in this town, and I'm going to qualify that by saying, except those advocates that you guys have trespassed. You. Those are the people that were doing your street outreach today. Myself and the other advocates were out helping people cope with a situation that they shouldn't have to cope with. I'm going to try to get through this. I've got about six or seven lines here I want to read to you. It's going to be very difficult for me. I don't know how to do this anymore. I don't know how to get better. My head is in a dark place and it only gets worse day by day. And I have no idea how to stop the darkness from coming in. I have no idea how to save myself anymore. That was one of the last posts from the girl who died today.
Hi, um, my name is Bailey Gonzalez. I'm here to make a uh, public comment as well. Um, first, I'd just like to recognize what just was said. <sighs> Commissioners, I'm here to talk about the homeless and how we view them. Recently, the City of Lawrence Facebook account stated that the City of Lawrence is not a direct service agency. It just provides the funding. It does provide the permits. It stops the funding. It denies the permits. It controls the community building. Next week, the perfect winter storm I mentioned, the first time I spoke to you, is going to be here. There aren't even enough beds for two-thirds of last year's homeless, not even if the Pallet Village were open. On my first visit here, I employed each commissioner to lean in close enough to learn the names of the homeless. Lawrence did not want its unhoused downtown. Sandra J. Shaw Park, where that woman died, is on the other side from where the COVID winter site was, close to where homeless activist and journalist Chansey Long died. Today, the homeless community is in mourning. It has lost another one of its own. Her name was Samantha, and her dog's name was Max. Thank you. Uh, Kurt, can we, I'm, I'm hearing that echo. Is there anything we can do about that? Um, no. I mean, we turn it down, but the echo is just part of an electronic phenomenon. Okay. If I could fix it, I would. All right. I'll try and speak up. I don't know if that'll make it better or worse. Right. Um, my name is Cassandra Barrett, longtime Laurentian. I double checked before I came tonight, but last year I spent almost $400 on Parks and Rec. Um, I spent a lot of time at the community building. We have wonderful programming, and um, I was really distraught to learn that it is not currently open for nights for emergency shelter with these temperatures coming up. Um, that really hits my heart in a dark place. Uh, that is supposed to be a community building building, not just for health and wellness for people like myself who can spend money on those yoga classes, but for everyone, people who are outside in tents right now. Um, I went to college in Minnesota. Temperatures like we're going to have this weekend, when I would walk to class, I had to stop in a Walgreens or a coffee shop every 10 minutes when I had two pairs of pants on just to keep my legs from getting frostbitten. I can't imagine what that's like in a tent, even with propane. Um, that community building needs to be open for emergency shelter, including at night as soon as possible with adequate staffing um, and staffing to manage volunteers. Thank you. Hello, Commissioners. Courtney Shibley. Um, sorry if there's no go, everyone. Um, I wanted uh, first to refer to an item a few weeks ago regarding a right-of-way uh, permit, where if uh, an individual family secured right-of-way access for a dollar, um, not an annual dollar, but just a dollar. Uh, this is current concerning in my view because, for example, downtown businesses pay annually seven to eight dollars a square foot for access to the right-of-way in dining areas and uh, in the parking areas. Uh, if I were downtown business, I would be um, really keen to understand that um, discrepancy. Um, I do want to say 
Uh, I want to acknowledge the Herculean effort that MSO has put forward to try to get control of our right of way, um, and I appreciate that. And this may this item may very well have been uh, part of that, but uh, I think it would be wise for you to look among the departments. So MSO might treat right of way differently. The city manager, or sorry, the city clerk may treat the right of way differently. And as I figured out, uh, planning may fig may treat it differently. They're not going to figure that out unless you all direct them to come together and look at the discrepancy, the price discrepancy in the treatment of that land, which you are responsible for. Um, so I just would appreciate it if three of you in the in the commission items might take agreement to, you know, direct staff to look. Um, make sure there's no inequity or inconsistency among the departments on how they treat the right of way, the pricing specifically. Um, and I think that would be uh, really lovely and I would appreciate that. I do want to mention, I do understand there are some things in the right of way that are different. For example, there were um, one brought to my attention that was a retaining wall, which kept a house from flooding and actually I think if memory serves, kept our uh, curbs and gutters from degrading prematurely. Okay, fair enough. In this instance, it was a for-profit um, duplex and the parking would have made it a more profitable um, business. And I think, again, if you compare that to downtown businesses who pay so much more, that they would be very concerned and I'm concerned. Um, so I would really appreciate if you looked into that. Um, I, I didn't mean to say anything about this, but I'm a little concerned about adding something to the agenda in the regular agenda item without sufficient public notice. Um, I've never seen that happen before. Um, legal staff isn't here, I'm deeply concerned. Indeed, it was a city manager's item that does have public comment, I acknowledge, but that didn't give sufficient in my view, um, time to the public to understand that they could come and comment on that item uh, on the regular agenda. Um, I don't expect an answer in this space. Obviously, I know better than that, but I would certainly like um, some clarification on that. Thank you. All right, do we have anyone else um, here for public comment? <clears throat> Hello, my name is David Baston. Um, I had a few questions. I know, um, I think back in October, we, uh, I think Ms. Sellers and, uh, and was uh, questioning about a program for, uh, to help seniors uh, and on their taxes, kind of like uh, the Homestead Act. But I think uh, we were going, you guys were going to have something by the end of the year, and I had never heard anything, so I didn't know if you're still working on that. Um, and then I had a question on uh, let's say that um, we wanted to cut the property taxes, hypothetically, $2 million. Uh, could you uh, get with your departments and um, basically start them out at a lower budget for their specific departments? Or is there, um, I don't, I, and I didn't know if, um, if, I don't know how you hand out the budget, so into different departments, if you just give them a dollar amount and then they work with that already. 
and then I did want to know also um, when the 2024 balancing act would is going to go live, and so you get that information. And I think I think that's it. And oh, I did want to. Um, uh, yeah, I want to express my sorrow for uh, the homeless lady that died. So, uh, and yeah, that's terrible. And I don't, that was a good question about the community building. So, uh, thank you. All right. Um, not seeing any additional public comment here in this space. Um, Sherry, can you okay. check on Zoom? <coughs> Excuse me. Sherilyn Wells. <coughs> Sherilyn Wells. Oh, looks like she dropped off. Maya Roth. Um, yes, I'm here. Um, yes, so in 1845, Hans Christian Andersen published a story known as The Little Match Girl. It's about a young girl who was out in the cold. She had no way to get out of it, no family, no friends, no nada, and she died out there. And Last night, I was uh, I was outside for like 15 minutes, and it was still really cold, even with two pairs of fleece-lined pants and a Carhartt coat and two pairs of shirts. Um, I know it wouldn't be a lot of money to keep the community buildings open and keep them warm because. They're already warm anyway for the classes, so why not just keep them warm for the night and let people use them? It's it's really a pity that Lawrence isn't planning for its current homeless pop. Lawrence isn't planning uh, inclement weather plans for its homeless population and. Um, that really needs to change because I don't want a, a story from the 1800s to repeat itself. It's That was the 1800s. That was when there was smoke and coal and it was a terrible time and there were diseases and stuff and we're in a new age. We shouldn't have these problems anymore or problems like them but yeah sorry that's my comment thank you thank you for your time sarah cole so i came here today i want to also add some figures. I know one of the previous commenters mentioned you know, the severe amount of um, 
under, you know, like under uh, uh, preparation we have for homeless folks. So last year we had counted 351 homeless folks in homeless people in Lawrence, Kansas. And I believe the number of the shelter's capacity is somewhere around 145. The pilot shelter takes 50, but it's not open yet. And some other questions I have about the shelter is, I know that um, at least at some points, they haven't been able, due to overflow, to accept children and families. And so I know that you all as commissioners are under intense pressure right now, um, especially from business owners, to reduce vital services to homeless folks. And I am just going to ask you, you know, as you consider policy and voting, especially surrounding, um, you know, continuing to actually create a, an, an emergency shelter plan and staffing, which I strongly advocate for. But I'm going to ask you, do you accede to that pressure that the business owners are putting on you to reduce these kind of services at the cost of more lives? Thank you. Uh, Marielle Ferrero. Good evening, commissioners. Um, I hope you all are staying very safe and warm um, with this weather we're having. Um, this evening, um, just echoing fellow community members, we are um, coming to you with a lot of grave concern. Um, as temperatures are continuing to drop due to this winter storm, um, we have received uh, from Governor Kelly an issued state of disaster, of emergency, um, due to the storm with the wind chills only increasing and the chance for more winter weather coming at the end of the week into next week. Um, I'm very aware of the current resources that we have, especially the hard work of uh, the Lawrence Community Shelter, um, though I feel that we are not utilizing all of the resources that we have at our disposal to protect all of our community members. During the last month of cold nights, uh, the shelter has been near or at max capacity, which is currently 140 folks um, that they're able to shelter safely. And though I appreciate all of what LCS is doing um, and their ability to be able to accommodate as many folks as possible, because they really are trying to accommodate as many folks as possible, we are adding more elements, the snow, the ice, the extreme cold, <clears throat> to have folks who are outside to combat. And it is imperative that we offer more resources. Um, I personally spent the last five years volunteering with the city at the emergency winter shelter that has allowed for our community building to act as overnight shelter, um, including the downtown building, Edgewood, and uh, if necessary, the, the fairgrounds. And though it is not a long-term solution to solving our homeless problem, it has helped in situations of hazardous weather. Community members have volunteered and taken time to ensure folks they're warm and safe in addition to city staff. And I'm asking you to allow us to do that again. I'm urging you commissioners to direct staff to reopen these spaces, utilizing previous year's resources. We have the, the means and operations materials that they worked so hard on last year. Um, 
to accommodate for the state of emergency and for the winter weather, we need a fail-safe plan for emergency storms, and this is the emergency we're experiencing. We cannot allow another incident, another death like what happened today to occur again or what happened several years ago during the polar vortex to occur again. We have to do more for our community. If we want to prevent unnecessary injury and death, it is time for us to take action during this emergency. Please direct staff to open the downtown community building for overnight shelter. Please allow for spillover shelter in support of LCS and all they're doing. We must turn our resources just like our governor did and help support all community members who deserve shelter, who deserve warmth, and who deserve dignity Hi. in their sheltering. Thank you. Jen Wolsey. Sorry. Um, good evening, commissioners. I try not to show up too much anymore. Um, I just first and foremost want to express my appreciation for Commissioner Sellers for pointing out the importance of adding that agenda item so that we could talk about um, where everyone is at and or the city is at in reference to planning for um, winter shelter and what's gonna happen when capacity is met. Um, I also just think it's important to point out that I'm sitting in a house um, I'm sitting in warmth. I have warm clothing on. Um, I have a heater on. So I don't want to deny the privilege that I am experiencing right now that so many other people are not tonight. And I also want to point out, because she's super cute, that's my dog. I recognize the privilege that I have, that I don't have to choose whether or not she stays with me. I don't have to choose shelter over another life that I care about. So I wanna point out that privilege and I would imagine that there's a lot of people on Zoom or sitting in that room right there that has the same privilege as I do and I want you to think about that. Um, tonight I just wanna point out that since May of 20, ooh, 22, there has been 11 unsheltered people that I'm aware of that have died in the streets of Lawrence, whether that be in the parks, whether that be on the road, whether that be in a sanctioned encampment or an unsanctioned encampment. And I am not even speaking about the people that have died that have called during the time that they called the shelter, the home or their home, or if they were precariously housed. I'm talking about 11 individuals that were vulnerable individuals who died on the streets of Lawrence, Kansas, experiencing unhoused homelessness. I was going to say all their names tonight, but I decided to utilize my time to focus on Samantha. And trust me, I usually don't name the name unless the family's aware, the family is aware. And of course, um, I'm grieving right alongside them. But Samantha Boyles, she did not like to be called Samantha. She liked to be called Sam. She's lived unhoused in Lawrence for three years. She has had connections with Burt Nash. They failed her. She didn't go to the shelter. People will ask why she did it because she died right beside her animal, Max. There's not a shelter in town who takes animals. She was a mother, she was a sister, she was a wife, she was a friend, she was an advocate. She also had her struggles, but she also didn't deserve to die 
unhoused in the cold Time. in a place that continues to Thank report you. having all the services in the world. Thank you. Saturn Rage. Hello, and thank you for having me. I want to build on what the other speakers here have so eloquently put that this town claims to have all the resources, and yet the LCS is capped at 140 persons, the Pallet Village will be capped at 50, and we have well over 300 houseless persons in this community. As mentioned before, Laura Kelly has declared a state of emergency for the current weather situation, which next week we will have sub 30 degrees Fahrenheit wind chill temperatures. This is not a survivable situation for those living outside, especially with snow on the ground. This city needs to take action. You need to take action soon because people are dying. The community building must be open overnight. There must be staff hired to supervise and run the community building. There must be staff hired to coordinate volunteers for the community for the community building because the current situation is untenable and unacceptable because we're all sitting here with enormous amounts of privilege while those on our streets are going underserved and literally dying. Thank you. Andrea Donnie. Hi, yeah, my name is Andrea Downey. I'll try and be short and concise with this. So last night I was walking home from work and it was freezing. Um, I have a couple friends who are homeless. They come and see me by my place of work and I talk to them and just ask them how they're doing. And so to hear that one of those people has died from lack of care on our side and by that I mean the community, um, it's really disappointing to me. And so I just want to ask you guys for um, everything you've heard to just really discern what everyone is telling you and to make a prudent decision. Because lives are in people's hands, and unfortunately I can't make that decision to save them. But you can. Thank you. Sherilyn Wells. very sad and in fact angry hearing that this young woman died and you're not supposed to say it but I feel very disappointed in our mental health center if I were to choose in between having a winter shelter and having homeless outreach I would vote for an emergency winter shelter because whatever it is we're doing with homeless outreach doesn't seem to be working. I'm sure they have fine people, but ever since mental health reform came, I have watched an increasing number of people with psychiatric disabilities, with deep needs, and I watched them roam through the streets. People with schizophrenia are sleeping downtown, I mean, it's just, it just bothers me so much. I sit and cry. I can't stand it. You People have got to stop telling you how fabulous it is while we watch desperate, confused people die. Thank you. Hannah Dade. Yeah, 
so in 2019, I worked at the community shelter. And when I first started over the summer, our emergency capacity was somewhere between 150 and 175, which meant we had people sleeping in the front room on mats packed as closely together as they could be. Uh, and then in the fall, the funding got cut and we dropped down to 90 beds. And I would get calls, 10, 15, sometimes 20 calls a day from people looking for shelter that we just could not provide. Um, and people died that year too because of that, because there weren't other resources in the community shelter that was already being seriously underfunded. Um, those were people with families, with friends, with interests and hobbies and lives, people that I knew and cared about deeply, and they deserved better. And I think the homeless population of Lawrence deserves better now too. It's ridiculous to me that we still don't have a plan in place. This is new. This is something that keeps happening. So why are we so unprepared and complacent with this problem that persists? I find it deplorable that the community shelter or community center is not already open to unhoused individuals. And I think it's of paramount importance that we really analyze why we keep failing the homeless population in these ways. Thank you. Sam Allison. Um, my name is Sam Allison Natale. I'm the co-executive director of Kansas Holistic Defenders, a nonprofit public defender's office, which serves poor and working class people here in Douglas County. Um, it's my duty to advocate for the people we serve, both inside the court and out. And that duty requires me to address you tonight. When I heard that a woman died in the park so close to a building that used to be a place of shelter, my first thought was, is it one of my clients? Is it one of the hundreds of people who are homeless who I know? Or is it one of the hundreds I don't know? Because the number is three or 400, surpassing the capacity of the community shelter by two or threefold, despite how hard all the staff there work. Will the next person who dies be someone we've worked to help get out of homelessness but who never got the chance to be housed? Will it be someone who works in our schools? Because there are people in our schools who work there who are homeless. Or is it going to be somebody who is a student in our schools? But what everyone is saying tonight is that we care about the people whose lives are at risk tonight and tomorrow night and next week. When Laura Kelly declared a state of emergency, that means the rules need to change fast to accommodate the circumstances. Cold is not just deadly, but can inflict long-term health effects even in people who survive it. The community shelter, shelter system is a Band-Aid, but you need a Band-Aid when you're bleeding. When there's a storm emergency, emergency shelter is needed. I don't envy the position that you all are in. It's a terrible thing to have a position where the decision you make will affect the lives of hundreds of people, perhaps for the rest of their lives. That is your position, and I trust that you will weigh gravity of your duty in decisions that you make tonight to address that emergency. Thank you. Joseph Pierce. <clears throat> um, hello, y'all. Have to forgive me if I am first speaking. I'm easy. I 
did not know the name of the person who passed. Um, and it turned out it was one of my childhood friends. Uh, <clears throat> so as you can imagine, that is difficulty here in a Zoom call. Um, I am a director alongside uh, Kincaid Bennett of People's Own and Operated Collective Housing. Uh, we house 55 people, a majority of which are people who have escaped houselessness, housing violence. Um, um, and the reason that you are in the positions that you're in is to help us facilitate that community. Um, on a much larger scale than I do, of course, uh, like as uh, Sam said, I do not envy your position, but we have the need to do something that is preventable on purpose. Um, and I urge you to do what you can to open these community buildings to our houseless neighbors so that we can prevent more death in the future. Thank you. Matthew Archibald. Hello. Uh, not much unique to say, just a, another voice to add to the crowd. Um, a few years ago, uh, my older brother, Jamie, himself was uh, homeless for about six months, uh, and that was during winter months. Um, and he found it extremely uh, rough, and this was here in Lawrence, uh, basically just hopping from place to place to just live and survive and to get food and water and uh, somewhere to shower. Um, and me and my own mother were uh, homeless for a short time during COVID. Also, some of those months were winter months. Uh, both my older brother, me, and my mother were extremely lucky to um, pretty regularly find uh, shelter either with friends or uh, scrounging up uh, some backup plan. So we had places to sleep um, and that alone was rough. So I cannot imagine what it's like for someone with pretty much nowhere to turn and uh, to try to find shelter provided by the city of Lawrence and uh, finding closed doors um, because of either uh, technicality or low funding um, and just pure apathy from the city, which is extremely disappointing to uh, not only hear about uh, happening to strangers, but also happening to myself and um, people I know and my family. Um, so it's my hope that um, we can provide more funding to uh, community centers uh, in order to provide shelter to people that need it, especially in winter, like uh, what we are experiencing right now here in Lawrence. Thank you. 
Dustin Richardson. Uh, yes, hello. Um, so <clears throat> I'm pretty late in the stack, uh, and so much of what I could say has already been said. So I'm going to keep things relatively short. It's cold out there. Um, at this point, I don't think that it's a particularly well-kept secret that our current shelter options are overstressed and simply do not have the capacity to service everyone all at once. Um, and the unfortunate fact of the matter is that we don't have to wait to see what happens when people are left out in the cold with nowhere to turn to. And so opening up any um, options, I know that the community, the community center has been floated as like an emergency overnight stay option for these people. And strictly speaking, like it's necessary because other than that, like there will be people left out in the cold, no shelter, below freezing, um, potentially negative temperatures as the week moves on. And it's honestly unacceptable. Uh, I, I think that's it for me, so uh, thank you. <clears throat> Mo Horowitz? Hi, um, thank you. My, uh, my name's Mo Horowitz, and um, I am also asking you to please immediately open the community building at 11th and Vermont as an emergency storm shelter. Um, this is an affluent city. It's tragic and absurd that we can't at least make enough space for people to stay indoors under reasonable conditions during the kind of weather that can kill them. It's cruel to make people choose between staying outside or going to LCS. LCS does a Herculean job, and I love that you increased their funding, but as so many others have pointed out, their capacity is theoretically capped at around 140, and there were 351 Laurentians experiencing homelessness last year. I hope we all believe that everybody deserves to be treated with respect, and that we all have the obligation to avoid inflicting trauma on members of our community. Um, why has one person already died for totally preventable reasons this winter? And why does this keep happening year after year? Please immediately open the community building overnight, hire a staff person to manage volunteers, and hire additional staff to be present in the space. Thank you. Nicholas Allen. I moved here because I was homeless and I was blown away by the sea. It is beautiful. But you are doing your homeless population a great foul. And in the long run, it's tomorrow, this will be in the news and it will look horrible. There are solutions. 
buses can be put strategically to put people inside of. I have seen it done in other places. This is an absolute travesty that some had to pass. And I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, or repeating others, but we can keep people warm overnight. There is no reason people should have to pass. I had a friend last night who got stuck and walked home two miles. It's been four hours for no reason other than the fact it was cold and he was underdressed. This is unacceptable. It is embarrassing. This city can do better. Thank you. Kincaid Dennett. Hi. Um, yeah, my name is Kincaid Dennett. Um, I live at 1033 Kentucky Street. I am co-executive director of People's Owned and Operated Collective Housing. Um, we are a nonprofit that primarily serves queer and working class people moving out of homelessness. Uh, and I will keep my comments short because <laughs> I can't imagine the hell that is rained on you by uh, hours and hours of this. But um, I will say. Um, uh, to not duplicate what anyone else has already said, I will ask that the commission, when um, the agenda item comes up to discuss homelessness, uh, that they please consider opening uh, the community center at 11th and Vermont as soon as possible uh, and directing city staff to uh, do that uh, as quickly as they can. And I also celebrate um, Commissioner Sellers for adding this to the agenda tonight and demonstrating care for folks who are suffering right now. We are looking at a natural disaster happening um, this next weekend as far as the weather and temperature goes, and it needs to be treated as such. Uh, and so, yeah, I do, again, thank Commissioner Sellers and hope that other commissioners can keep in mind um, the importance of um, making sure that no one else in our community freezes to death this year. Thank you. Robin Brooke. Yeah, hello, I'm Robin. Um, yeah, we should open the community center as an emergency shelter. Uh, the weather is awful, and the fact that it has taken somebody's passing to um, really bring this to the forefront is uh, tragic. And yeah, that's all I've got to say. Chris Flowers. Hi, um, this is Chris Flowers. I just have a, a few thoughts. Um, I just want to start out saying I, I want to echo the sentiments about opening um, the community shelter or the community building as an emergency shelter. Um, because weren't you all like, you had that hotline set up where you were 
cracking down on unsanctioned camps. So if you if you mess them up, shouldn't they have like a an emergency building to go to? Because you, I, I, I don't know how far you got in clearing the unsanctioned camps, but that didn't do the homeless population any good. Um, also, I want to talk about the pallet village requirements. Um, I can kind of understand it, but part of me wonders if these requirements are, these are the groups the neighborhood feels less, the least threatened by when it comes to the homeless. These are the ones that we're sympathetic to. So I, I just wonder if that's part of the issue, but I was just thinking, what about people that, that work in that area like wouldn't that be beneficial to them if they lived in a place where like if let's say they worked at the hospital that'd just be a few blocks to walk instead you're going to have like if they don't meet that one of those uh requirements you're going to have them live at the shelter and like have to correct like a couple miles perhaps it just seems like if if people who work near the Pallet Village, if they could live there, that's gonna make their lives easier when it comes to keeping their jobs because the easier it is to get to a job, the easier it is to keep it, I think. So I just wanna throw that idea out there. And also what happens if there aren't enough people, like there's, there's more houses than there are people that meet those requirements. If there's empty Pallet Village houses, can we put people that don't meet the requirements in them then? So I want to throw that out there. Um, let's see if I have anything else. And also, I just want to say it's kind of BS that you gave the library that land next to them for a dollar so they can kick the people out and keep them from camping there. But when DARE came with that special use permit, you didn't give them any discount. You made them pay full price for their special use permit, but you gave the library all that land to use for five years for $1. So I just wanted to remind you all about that. Thank you. Vince Munoz, excuse me, Munoz? Yeah, hi, I'm Vince Munoz. I live near 25th in Iowa, and I'm here to echo a lot of what's already been said. Um, I think that we need to open up the community shelters tonight and just in general whenever there's freezing temperatures out. In fact, the city should have a standing policy that if the governor issues an emergency declaration regarding winter weather, or if it's forecast to um, drop below freezing, that that automatically opens up those buildings for people and that there's a plan in place to recruit volunteers and city staff and manage them appropriately. Um, you know, I'll keep it brief, but uh, obviously it's been said before that a lot of businesses and different interests in this community don't like um, the sort of look of people who are unsheltered around our streets. But I hope that we can all agree that we would prefer to see living people on our streets than cadavers. And last night, someone died. So the city tonight needs to change that policy to prevent human death. Um, you know, I know it might be inconvenient, but there should just be a standing policy that's, you know, centered on saving human life and, and preserving that. And then we can get back to talking about the more complicated long-term stuff regarding solving homelessness in our community after that. But the first priority needs to be protecting life when there's uh, winter, sh winter conditions out. Thank you. Finn Finnerty. 
Hello, I'd like to add on in support of a lot of what other people have said and say that while systemic issues like homeless require well-thought systemic changes over time, they also require short temporary solutions to provide immediate relief from the problem. Lawrence has shown dedication to long-term solutions um, like, or some dedication with long-term solutions like the village at 256 North in Michigan. But currently people are still dying outside in the cold. A solution like temporarily opening the community center could help avoid deaths caused by inclement weather. Thank you. Carl Hess. Yes, so, <clears throat> hello, thank you, uh, sorry, thank you for having me. Thank you, commissioners and everybody for um, giving us the opportunity to express um, issues around homelessness. Uh, I worked for the city um, days in a couple years ago when they had the homeless come there for the nights when it was cold. And I worked um, at the tent city by the hospital. And I helped, you know, unpack that too when, when it was over, bring all the tents down. Um, I've worked with the Partnership to End Homelessness in Greensboro, North Carolina, when I did AmeriCorps stint. Um, I've been homeless, like living out of my car, staying in people's, um, on their couch for a brief time. Um, but it's in my heart to help people and I know it's in yours. Um, I know sometimes appearances and doing the right thing can be difficult and I know funding can be difficult and organizing can be difficult, but I remember um, you all or somebody put out just a call for volunteers and for help to help staff the facilities. <laughs> Sorry, my cat is <laughs> to staff the facilities, just putting out a volunteer call and people responded. And I think people in Kansas and Lawrence have a big heart um, just to house people who need shelter for whatever the reason is, for whatever is happening to them in their lives, whether they're disabled, whether they're chronically homeless, whether they just need a night to stay, it doesn't really matter. It's they're not, they don't have a place to stay that night. And if it's gonna be really cold and under dire, dire circumstances that we see ourselves coming up on, I would urge um, you all to do your best to open up a place for people to stay the night. Thank you. Paige Weaver. Paige Weaver. Hi, sorry about that. I apologize for poor internet connection, but I wanted to say uh, thank you, Commissioner Sellers, for bringing in the winter shelter topic to today's agenda. Um, the community building needs to be open overnight. I trust that you all have it within your power as a team to make this happen. Uh, we've done it years and years before, and yeah, it needs to happen. Sam Boyles deserved better than this. And uh, I'm sure we're all excited to get home to our beds. I ask the commission to do all in your power to prevent more avoidable deaths. 
I also wanted to say uh, I live across from the Amtrak station, and I'm so worried about my houseless neighbors. I get to sleep in my warm bed every night. <laughs> a few, like, you know, a, less than a few hundred yards away from uh, people who are p- potentially could die tonight. And I don't feel good about that. I, if my landlord allowed, I would let them in here. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's it, it's avoidable. Anyhow, I wanted to also say to uh, the commission that human international human rights organizations are clear. We're witnessing major war crimes and acts of ethnic cleansing that have already resulted in deaths of more than 30,000 Palestinians, more than 12,000 of whom are children. So while we're on the subject of avoidable deaths, um, I would urge the city to look at uh, Rally for Palestine Lawrence on Instagram and uh, also the things that have already been brought to your attention in the form of, you know, bills and things that could be passed. Um, Yes, I would encourage you all to do everything in your power to change these things in whatever way you can. Thank you. That's all the comments, Mayor. Okay, um, we'll move us on to consent agenda, item E. Um, items on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and approved by one motion. Members of the governing body may remove items for separate discussion if desired. Members of the public may remove items identified as quasi-judicial for separate dis- discussion if desired. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. And I don't see any quasi-judicial on there. All right, I would entertain a motion unless, oh, I'm sorry, I'll just go ahead and put it forward to the commission. Did the commission have any questions regarding consent? None currently. I move to approve the consent agenda. I second the motion. Have a first and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Did I get us all on that one? Okay, uh, five, five zero. Um, all right, um, moving, moving us on to regular agenda items. Um, consider conduct our first agenda item, uh, consider conducting a public hearing for the vacation of utility easements within lot one, block three, lot 11, block three of University Terrace Platt submitted by Chabad at KU Incorporated and consider adopting on first reading ordinance number 10025 to vacate utility easements as described. Good evening, Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, My name is Chris Rice. I'm an engineer with the city's municipal services and operations department, um, and I'll be facilitating um, this agenda item. Um, As noted, the Chabad at KU Inc. um, has requested a vacation of utility easement that currently um, splits two properties, 1201 and 1103 West 19th Street. Um, That's near 19th and Main. Um, At present, there's two homes that reside on two separate lots, and the applicant has a a minor subdivision application in to combine those two lots into one, and a site plan application um, to construct one larger building that would be, uh, that would span what is currently a utility easement. Um, So as part of the city's process, we sent notifications to residents within 400 feet 
um, of the uh, subject property um, and didn't receive any comments opposed, uh, as well as we sent notifications to utility operators. Um, there are currently utilities within the uh, current the, within the easement um, for sanitary sewer, AT&T, and Evergy. Um, but those facilities serve the two properties, um, the two homes that are there currently, and um, would not be in conflict with the proposed vacation um, uh, with the site plan that has been proposed. Um, so given that staff supports the vacation of the utility easement here, um, so for this item, there would be two steps, the first being to open and conduct a public hearing for this vacation, and then the second being to adopt ordinance uh, 10025 um, authorizing that vacation. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions or go through um, the exhibits, and I think that there's um, people available from Chabad at KU to speak to this project as well. Okay. Thanks, Chris. All right, this time I'd like to open it up for questions from the commission. Mayor, I don't have any questions specific to this item at all. Okay. Mayor, neither do I, neither do I. This is Commissioner Larson. All right, I'm not seeing any other folks jumping in. Um, and what I will do is I will open up public I will open up the public hearing and open up public comment on this. Uh, Mayor, I move to open the pu pu public hearing. Okay. Is it we vote on? Is it, is, do I just have to say it or is it a motion? Yep, you can just Okay. Yep. No, okay. All right. Uh, any public comment in the room on this? Mayor, this is Commissioner Sellers. Was the applicant not present to speak? I know Chris referenced them, so I didn't know if they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know if, if they were planning to speak to to this or, or anything. Uh, I'm not sure. He said that they were available to speak. So, um, do I, I? I will go ahead and I apologize. Oh, you're fine. Um, is anybody from Chabot? Would they like to comment on this item before we open it up for public comment? I'm not seeing any. Uh, Sherry, are you seeing anybody online? I'm not, no. Okay. All right. Uh, I will swing back to public comment, and I'm sorry. I apologize. Go, go ahead. Hi. Uh, this is about the overflow, right? About what? This one, is this one about the overflow, or am I too early? Uh, no, this is about Shabbat House. Oh, my, my bad. I don't have public comment that yet, then. Sorry for wasting your time. It's okay. Um, all right, not seeing any in the room. Sherry, is there on any online? No, Mayor. Okay. I, uh, I do believe someone is online, um, like Chris said, to answer questions if you have any, but right. he's indicated that they want to provide any comments or just the general public either. Gotcha. All right, I will go ahead and bring us back and uh, do I close public hearing now and then, okay, I enclose public hearing. 
All right. Uh, any further comments from the commission or any questions of any representative of the person on the application? No, no sir. All right. Seems straightforward to me. So unless there's other discussion, I move to adopt on first reading number ordinance number 10025. Second that motion. I have a first and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All right, looks like it passes 5-0. Okay, moving us on to our second agenda item. Uh, I believe I will go ahead and, um, well, since Commissioner Sellers brought it up, do you wanna go ahead and introduce exactly what uh, you you were proposing? I'm, I don't wanna misinterpret or misspeak, so. That's totally fine, Mayor. Thank you for that, Just Commissioner Sellers. Um, Mayor and Commissioners, uh, the point of me adding, rightly so, to the agenda, which you all agreed to with an affirmative vote, um, was to open up discussion around where we are at with the transition. Um, because of the occasion of where we are at with the disaster declaration by the governor, I'm, and I understand this was a disaster, disaster declaration as related to um, inclement weather and the, the health and safety of those um, employees uh, under the executive branch. Having been at one point a, a state um, employee um, and actually was as a state employee during the polar vortex um, and experiencing that, that, that is huge. And so to have our government making sure that we are ensuring that executive staff is safe and protected is the reason why I called this um, to just to have an update and to have a discussion on this. Um, We've, we've lost someone in our community. Um, we have community members who are grieving. Um, but to that point, it's imperative as commissioners and as policymakers that we are aware of what is going on now that inclement weather has an impact on the timeline of events as it relates to transitioning folks, um, whether it's to pallet shelter, whether it's through agreement with LCS, um, with a special use permit that does not have a an exact capacity number attached to it. There's a lot of different moving parts here. Um, and having not received an update, knowing that the community was going to come to us with this in all fairness and openness, and rightly so, due diligence, wanted to perhaps give staff the opportunity uh, to give us an update, if you know, to share that information today, that we can continue to move that information along. This is for us to start a conversation. Um, next Tuesday would be too late. So, this is us giving us some opportunity to have a due diligence discussion, see where we're at as policymakers and commissioners to be able to discuss where do we need to pivot due to the fact that we have inclement weather and freezing temperatures um, ahead of us these next few few days. We may get up to 35 and 38 the next couple of days, but the evening time is where it's concerning. And these, those things do impact 
um, processes and timelines as it relates to transitioning folks to LCS, trying to transition folks to pallet shelter, and what do we do to account for those who are above capacity for both of those locations and how will they be positioned and situated. So that is the rationale for why I wanted to put this um, on the agenda item. Um, if I could entertain a, a euphemism of when you stay ready, you get ready. When you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's where we should be as as a city and where and where we are in this this topic. So I'm not asking. Hopefully, I'm not asking staff to get ready to do something. The hope is that we will be hearing about things that have been in process or things that have been being put in process to address um, this inclement weather concern as it relates to current processes during this transition. So those um, those are my statements I wanted to share and, and thank you for allowing me uh, the floor and the opportunity to speak to that. Okay. Um, so I think uh, Misty is on and Craig. Uh, who? I think Misty and Brandon okay. McGuire are uh, available to uh, give an update on all the activities related to emergency shelter. There's been obviously a lot of emergency uh, activities in um, other parts of our operation, but we'll be happy to cover whatever we can. Thank you. Okay. Misty or... I'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Okay. So um, as far as outreach, the city of Lawrence staff members and Burt Nash um, homeless outreach started going out last week ahead of the weather, warning people about the incoming weather and trying to get them to move indoors um, or to determine ways to keep people safe if they decided to shelter in place. Um, they were out yesterday, they were out today, and they will continue to attempt to engage people daily um, to try to get them to a safe place. Um, in November, we started working with LCS to help them develop a winter emergency setup shelter within their library using that built for zero method of the, of the setup shelter. Um, we worked with Lawrence Memorial Hospital who donated chairs for the setup shelter. And then the city of Lawrence gave all their winter emergency uh, shelter supplies to LCS as well so that they could use uh, the mats like we've used uh, historically at the community building. Um, city staff also are working with Lawrence uh, Police Department and LCS. Uh, we're going to be on call to transport people to LCS if um, law enforcement comes in contact with any unsheltered, unsheltered neighbors that want to go inside that are seeking shelter, if um, police or fire medical are not able to transport those individuals, uh, we are on call to do so 24 seven. Um, in addition to that, we offered to help staff uh, winter emergency shelter at LCS, and we are currently on call if they need us for that as well. Um, another member of city staff and myself are here at the community building tonight um, to make sure if anybody comes in here, we're able to connect them um, to shelter and to transport them if they're willing to go. Um, there's currently still no one here uh, that is experiencing homelessness and or that, that, that needs a, a ride right now. 
Um, LCS is not turning individuals away. Um, they are uh, making space for people with pets and offering a safe place for our unsheltered neighbors' pets as well. Um, talked with the executive director today about that and um, heard some needs around um, kennels for those pets, but they are taking pets as well. Um, do want to note that we do have more space available at LCS this year than we did last year at LCS and the community building combined. Um, effective Thursday uh, this week, Kansas Department for Aging and Disability Services will be providing funding for Burt Nash to secure hotels for any unsheltered individuals that cannot stay at LCS due to personal reasons um, and those individuals need to be known to Burt Nash hot team and need to be um, unsheltered. Um, in addition to that, if needed, we are prepared to operate another sit-up shelter at Santa Fe Depot. Um, we have been having, have, excuse me, have been uh, holding planning meetings with LCS and other helping agencies to make these plans and make sure that everyone has someone uh, or somewhere safe to go. And um, next meeting is tomorrow. Um, I do think it's important for us all to remember that. Um, we're on the outside looking in and, and that the unsheltered people are just like us and that they have free will and cannot be forced to go places they do not want to go. So you know, at the very minimum, we will um, continue to try uh, daily to work with these people who are not ready to move indoors to any of the options that we're able to provide and we're just going to continue to try to keep them safe as well. Okay. Um, Brandon, do you, do you have anything you would like to add? Oh, okay. I'm not hearing them. Uh, any questions? There's a disconnect between your headphones and your audio. <laughs> okay. What is that? I, I don't know. Brandon? Oh, oh, he's trying to, but he, yeah, we can't hear you. This is Commissioner Sellers. In the interim, as you figure that out, um, Misty, I had a couple of questions. Okay. I'm glad you brought up the idea of, the, of free will. I think uh, several of us recognize that, but we also recognize that we've centralized a lot of the responsibility of this while LCS is going through an executive director transition and onboarding. Um, so I'm glad to hear about the KDATS piece that is new. Um, I don't know how hot off the press that information is, but it's good to know. I guess my question is, as far as for those folks who want to secure hotels due to personal reasons, whose responsibility or where is the onus or what is the plan to, in order to get that information out to individuals? Um, that is a, a program that KDATS, Kansas Department for Aging and Disability Services, is um, providing through Burt Nash. So um, they will deal with all the money. They will connect individuals to the hotels. So that homeless outreach team, um, the responsibility will be on them to go connect to individuals who are unsheltered and try to get them into hotels as well. Okay, so all of that is through the hot team with Burt Nash? Yes. Okay. Um, you said something about the Santa Fe Depot. So. Yes. The idea that that is, because I guess my question is, 
because we, we, we toy around with the numbers and we've gone back and forth about what our, we know we don't have an accurate account of, of our, of our unhoused number. Um, point in time counts and everything accurate, not gonna be accurate unless something miraculously changes with policy and how we identify that, whatnot. We do have our by name count. Um, I think at the last time we had this discussion, I was told that with the special use permit, that would par up the number of individuals at LCS to be about 140. So 140 plus the number we have at Pallet, you're telling me, and, and I understand free will, I do understand free will, but my question is, if the need outweighs what's available, or if the desire outweighs what's available, what is the plan? Is that where the Santa Fe Depot station comes in, or walk yes. me through that? So what will happen is if um, executive director in place feels like that they can or take any more um, individuals that are, are unsheltered, um, we will go to the center and start providing transportation to San Jose. Can you guys still hear me? You kind of yeah, broke up a little, up little bit. There, but okay. We got the gist. It says my connection's unstable, sorry. Uh, so we will be um, at LCS and will be providing rides to the Santa Fe Depot if it comes to a place where um, LCS is at capacity. But that would be dependent on staffing. No, we're willing to provide staffing and to, to manage that too. So at that point, that triggers city staff will support the Santa Fe Depot. Yes. If LCS exceeds capacity and there are folks who want to transfer over to that. Yes. So I'm going to pause. I'll pause to see if there's anyone else wants to add. Well, we'll see if Brandon can chime in, and then I'll see if any other commissioners would like to ask a question. Can you hear me now? Yes. OK. Um, I, I was just going to say, I don't have a whole lot more to add. Um, Missy, you might talk a little bit about um, mutual aid uh, that we're trying to provide in camps. For, for folks who are choosing not to go inside at this time. Um, yep, I think I, I, yeah, I just briefly covered that um, we are trying to gauge needs also of the, the individuals that are um, wanting to shelter in place to see, you know, what needs they have um, to keep them, to keep them warm and safe. So, um, you know, we even, Blankets, uh, tents, any anything like that. We're we are gauging needs um, and asking Bert Nash to gauge those needs as well um, within the camps and then at Camp New Beginnings as well. Is that what you're referring to, Brandon? I guess I want to be clear, Misty. Is there a uh, uh, with this um, winter storm going, do we have a, a firm number on the people we allow at LCS? Or are we allowing LCS to dictate when they believe they're full and then yes. we're going to start the Santa Fe? Yes, LCS is going to dictate when they are full. 
so some of the comments about it's it, at 140 we'll, we're closing the doors and locking people out that's not not the plan no it's not um so <clears throat> they they have capacity to do a setup shelter in their library um with the with the chairs that the lawrence memorial hospital donated and they have not tapped that resource as of yet um what they what we've done what we helped them do was to um, move some uh, beds into the warehouse um, and just to kind of separate spaces and there was a lot of um, unsheltered neighbors who were unable to uh, go like up on the top bunks so the um, former executive director had us uh, assist them in breaking those bunks down and setting up the warehouse as a, as a separate place for overnight uh, winter emergency. And then I think you said, I want to be clear that we have some of the, I mean, obviously we've run the winter shelter in the past and the plan this year was not to run it out of the community shelter, but run it out of LCS and Santa Fe. So th they have some of that equipment and if we need it, we can use some of that equipment at Santa Fe. That's the plan that we've developed, correct? Yeah, so they have all the equipment at LCS and if we had to open um, Santa Fe, it would just be another setup shelter. Perfect, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Commissioner, so, Mr. this is Miss, this is Lisa, and I just wanted to ask on the library that that is getting set up at the shelter. What's the capacity for that? I'm sorry, I I didn't hear all that. What's the capacity at the library aspect of the shelter that you had indicated they were getting set up for? Um, I will have to check with with what they landed on. I I don't have that number. I apologize. Thank you. So, Missy, this is Commissioner Sellers. So, a couple of weeks ago, when we were discussing, when we approved the new funding for LCS, I had brought up the discussion around the special use permit. And so, Commissioner Finkel, I just asked a question in regards to capacity and stating that it was dictated by LCS. So, if capacity is dictated by LCS, then what's the purpose of the special use permit? Well, it's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I know that we're working right now to help LCS ask for another um, special use permit um, because the permit that they have right now, it doesn't even take into account Monarch Village. So that 140 number um, doesn't include all of the spaces that they have available to keep people alive and safe. Um, you know, like we've talked about before, putting out those additional pallets behind um, LCS where Monarch 2 was going to go, um, that's kind of the reason that we have not um, assisted them in moving forward with asking for a new SUP because um, we would have to turn around and ask for another one um, once that's in place as well. So, um, so as far as them dictating, um, you know, what the word that we heard is they're not going to turn anybody away um, and they will let us know when they're at capacity. So, I mean, I'm not, we're not asking them to go over capacity um, and we're asking, you know, we're working with them to when they're at capacity to let us know when they're nearing that so that we can be on site 
to make sure people have another place to go and so that we can start being prepared for um, with, with the Santa Fe Depot as well. Okay, so help me understand, because you told them, you, you said they're gonna dictate, they said they would take as many, but you don't want them to go over capacity. What is capacity? No, I mean, their capacity right now with special use permit is 140. But you're saying with them not adequately using the equipment from LMH and the library, they could take more than that. Well, that's, uh, that is a setup shelter, so that's not going to be a matter of 140 sleeping places. Those, mm -hmm. are just, those are just set up chairs. So they could put individuals in there in that setup model, and that would not be a, a part of that 140 uh, number of beds that, that they can have available. Okay. So ex explain, so for those of us who are not fluent in our functional zero, what is a setup model? So what is this, what is this doing in regards to what their day and evening and overnight services are? So a setup model is, is just like it sounds. It's just um, you're, you're not, you don't have a bed. Um, you don't have access to a bed. You just have access to a chair and a warm place uh, that that chair is in. Um, the, the purpose, um, it, according to the Built for Zero model, is just to, um, of course, keep people alive. But then also um, the hope is that once individuals come in and they get comfortable in that environment, that, that maybe they'll move to that next step of wanting to go ahead and enroll in the shelter and stay and have a bed available to them. Um, it it kind of gives them just um, some of the amenities without making that full commitment to stay at the shelter. Um, but maybe, you know, they're there, they're getting food, and, and then maybe they, they think they're ready for the next step because they've gotten used to some of those amenities that are available just with the, with the setup shelter. So after dinner, are they then allowed to stay overnight and sit in the chair? They Yes, and set up shelters, they can set theirs as long as they need to. And so how many of those shares are there? Um, yeah, 24 were donated. So 24 were donated, this, yes. this area hasn't been set up. So that's 24 additional chairs that folks can sit in in addition to the 140 that would have a bed. Yes. And how many, uh, how many, um, shelters in Monarch Village? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh, how many shelters were in the uh, Monarch Village part of the LCS? Uh, there are 12 units mm -hmm. that um, can hold one to four individuals. Okay. Um, but I mean, a, a family of four or a single individual. And so when do, understanding that capacity has not been counted correctly with Monarch and with the potential of the additional pallet shelters going in the parking lots, when do you anticipate coming to the commission with that special use permit request? Um, we asked the planning department for a meeting um, just this week on that um, to move forward and um, they sent us a, a meeting invite today. Um, you know when it, is it next week? I believe it's next week that we're going to have that meeting to see um, how to move forward and um, the process of that. Uh, yeah, it's on the 16th. 
And so to go back a little bit to this library piece, when was staff or when who who notified staff of that? Like when did this discussion happen occur? Um, as far as the setup shelter, yes. Oh, we started discussing that with the interim executive director um, probably two to three months ago. Okay. Um, probably more like three months ago. And um, because I know that uh, we reached out to the Lawrence Memorial Hospital and they held on to some chairs for us for almost two months. So. Okay. Uh, um, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Mayor. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I saw that Mark Hecker is is on as well. Um, could you, uh, if do you, would you have anything to add regarding the uh, depot? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, I thought I saw him on there. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Commissioner Sellers. Sorry, I lost my mouse. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. So, whatever KDATS is doing and Burton Ash is working on, it's not going to be triggered till Wednesday. Um, it's now Tuesday night, and we have Wednesday night. So, walk me through, and I understand it's hypotheticals, but we work in hypotheticals. So, it's, called, it's the risk management piece of it. So, we have folks, we don't have anybody in pallet right now. So, once we, are you working with the interim and incoming LCS director about this? Set up shop or whatever these shares that we're not counting towards capacity, but is capacity, but not capacity. All of this. What are, what are we doing? What's the plan? Yeah. So I've been in contact with them um, every day this week. Um, lots today about this and just letting them know um, what we're trying to offer as far as staffing, um, transportation, and then overflow um, if needed. And so they're going to let us know once they're nearing capacity, we're going to come to the site and then be there and available so that when they do hit capacity, that we can take folks to the depot. And then, we'll, of course, we'll, once we know that they're nearing capacity or at capacity, we'll let our um, other service agencies know that, that are trying to get people indoors like Burt Dash. That's all the questions I have for now, Mayor. Thank you. Can I ask a couple questions? Yeah, absolutely, um, Vice so Mayor. Speaking of Burt Nash, I'd like to maybe get a better understanding, Misty, if you can. Um, how do we uh, assure that our, our homeless out outreach people are are available and easily accessible by people who may not be familiar with them or frequently? Um, dealing with them, especially during these winter times? Is there a, a hotline that they can call? Is there a number that they can be made aware of? I was just curious because in this instance, I believe we mentioned that 
really a lot of this, uh, these vouchers that are available, especially emergency shelter vouchers, um, that Burt Nash is kind of the purveyor of this. And I want to make sure I understand how we get to work with Burt Nash's group and coordinator, our, uh, you know, because we are here representing the city, but I think we need to have some better understanding how to communicate the services that are available so that people don't have a misconception or realize what's available before it's too late. Okay. So Burt Nash has um, a couple of different options to reach them. They have a hotline number and we gave that in our press release yesterday. Um, they also have a walk-in clinic and um, that was open today and yesterday as well. Um, in addition to that, they have team members that are going out to the unsheltered and making those connections as well. So um, our piece in that is that we provide funding for some of those positions mm -hmm. and that that allows us to do that accountability check and making sure that um, they are out daily making uh, those engagements. And so I have been touching base with um, their um, lead at this time, Matthew Falk, and also some of the um, outreach workers that we work closely with and just kind of checking in, engaging how things are going and see how we can be supportive of their efforts too. Okay. And then uh, to the depot question, uh, Mayor, I was wondering if, um, if I understand it correctly, we're going to be on call 24-7. If somebody goes, uh, if there's an overflow incident, we're going to be available to transport this person to another location, which would be the depot. And then at the depot, we're going to have certain things available, simply a place to sit, similar to the sit-up uh, shelter, or are we going to just let them have warmth? I guess I want to make sure I understand what uh, kind of commitment we're making on that emergency basis as well. Yeah, so the, the commitment is just another set-up shelter, so just chairs in a warm place. Very good. Thank you. Are we, do we have a capacity of how many people we could shelter in there? Is that yeah? His Mark's on there now. I see him. Just... Uh, Mark Hacker, Assistant Director at Parks and Rec. I, I would suspect we would be in the 50 range, uh, assuming we're in chairs, not beds. The, the only, we don't have reservations at that facility. The only thing we worry about is the in and out traffic of the Amtrak trains, which is sporadic through the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, any additional questions for staff here? I don't think so. Okay. I'm not seeing any. Um, since this is an agenda item, I will um, go ahead and open it up to public comment. Um, any public comment here? Um, it's Rowan Sharing again, I'm the Lawrence resident. I uh, just wanted to come and also suggest that you please open the uh, open the community building up for people to stay overnight. Um, I imagine that you could probably, like in previous years, uh, have a lot of volunteer help with that if um, staffing is a big concern for it. Um, and I also encourage you to. Again, try to get the Pallet Village open so that people can start making use of those units too. Um, it is going to be.
bitterly cold next week and ideally we would we would we would have a plan for people before that because uh, we don't want anybody else to die in the cold uh thank you Hello again. I wanted to apologize earlier. I did not realize that this would be the subject um, on the agenda. I didn't quite understand what was being added. Um, my earlier comments in, you know, in the open, open comment, they were about that. Um, please do open the community shelter uh, next week. I think it's going to be negative 30, I, I thought I heard. Um, it's uh, it's urgent that this be open as soon as possible. Uh, to, to, there needs to be as many places as possible for some place to some people to go um, to get out of the cold. Um, they need to be everywhere. Uh, we can't expect people to walk miles and miles and miles in this cold and and get to the shelter. Even if the shelter could, at its discretion, somehow double its capacity, it can't. Um, so please do open as many as we can, as many places we can as soon as possible. Thank you. Um, hello, my name is Nick Simpson. Um, so I have, I guess my, one of my questions is the pallet shelter originally was planned to be open last spring. Um, now it's January. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, um, but when it comes to opening more housing for the homeless, I, you know, we had a very long time to prepare for this. There's been a 51% increase in homelessness in Lawrence in this past year. And we don't even know how much space we have to store people in the library, not store, but you know, have people shelter in the library. Um, it's January, we've had, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long it takes to count chairs in the library. I don't think it takes like two or three months to do that. Um, but I, I think we are not adequately prepared for this and I think we've had a lot of time to work on it. I know we have some options available to us, but I think it's very disappointing. I think Lawrence is supposed to be a progressive town that cares about people. We have Housing First on all of our websites, but when it comes to actually providing for people, we don't even know, you know where the housing is or how many people can fit in the housing. So that's all I really have to say. I think it's very disappointing. Um, I agree with the previous sentiments about opening um, the community building overnight, um, but I don't know why we have to wait for, you know, several inch snow and what, like 20, 30 degree weather, whatever it is right now, to have this discussion. We could have been having this discussion months ago. Thank you. Okay, I'm not seeing any other folks in here. I guess we'll go to Zoom. Frank Oliver. Yeah, hi, my name's Frank. Um, I worked out at the shelter for, I don't know, like five years, and I worked for Burt Nash for a couple. And um, if you don't open up as many spots as possible for homeless people, um, I don't know, I don't have words for it, but um, if, there's, if there's availability, People will show up. Um, I worked the overnights at the shelter for a long time, and people show up all day, all night. 
um, when it gets really cold, people are like, oh, I can do this. And then um, about two o'clock in the morning, it's like, nope, this isn't working. I need to seek shelter. So if you do add additional shelter through this community building and it's a set up shelter or whatever, people really just need to get warm, have a place to just sit and not die. Um, I was working at the shelter during the COVID outbreak and we could only allow 30 people in the building. And um, somebody froze to death that night. And it took me three days to find out that it wasn't somebody that I turned away. It was somebody who had just chosen not to seek shelter. But let me tell you, that was the worst feeling I ever had in my entire life, that I had possibly turned away a person from the shelter and they didn't have anywhere to go because there was a curfew in place or they didn't meet some bizarro criteria aside from being a human being in order to get shelter. And that's really all I have to say on the subject. Thank you for your time. Monroe Hansen. Hi, my name is Monroe Hansen. I use they them pronouns and I'm a Lawrence resident. Uh, and I am here also to speak in support of opening as many shelters as possible uh, during this incredible cold weather that we are having. I wish that things had been open earlier, but that is not the case. Um, I know in previous years, the community building has been used as a winter shelter and I don't know why people decided not to continue doing that, but I think the community building needs to be opened immediately to shelter people uh, during this winter. Um, and I really want you to consider the location of the Lawrence Community Shelter. It is four and a half miles from downtown. Um, it is very difficult to get to. The buses are not terribly reliable and have restrictive hours. Um, so we need to have shelter locations all across the city. We can't just be saying, oh, the, the community shelter four and a half miles away isn't quite full yet. Therefore, it's fine. It's not fine. There are people other places that can't get there or for some other reason. Uh, don't want to. So yeah, we need we need more locations for people to get in from the cold uh, across the city that people can actually get to to stay warm. Thank you. Joseph Pierce. Uh, yeah, I would like to echo a few things that have already been said. Uh, we need as many spaces as possible. Uh, the fact that we have our community shelter all the way on the outskirts of town and that that being full is a requirement before we open up other shelters, it makes no little sense from like a practical human standpoint, maybe on like a cold hard logistic standpoint, sure. Our headcount, I think, for homelessness in Lawrence is, what, above 300? 120 in the shelter, 20 people sitting on chairs in a library. Uh, we should have places already downtown where people can go. As somebody who has been homeless, somebody who has experienced homelessness with Sam, the person who died that we're talking about, the, like, physical, mental costs of, like, getting up and moving even just a couple blocks, you know, when your body is cold and making you're covered in snow is so 
asking people you know who may not have a phone who may email that the city has put all the way to the outskirts of town where a buzz will not help to get shelter or beacon somewhere is simply unacceptable. We need downtown that will be able to walk past here and that if they are sleeping on the street, likely somewhere within a few blocks of downtown, they are not walking miles. Uh, it, the burden of that is I think he might have dropped off. I think they lost him. I think they dropped off. Kincaid Dennett? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I guess one of the first things I want to say, and and not to make any offense to anyone, is that it is obscene that we're talking about chairs the day after um, a member of our community froze to death. Um, they're not just a body. They are a person. They were a baby. They were a child. They were a teenager. They had hopes and dreams. And there is a person now dead in our community, and instead of directly addressing that, <clears throat> we are talking about chairs. And I hope that people can realize the absurdity of that conversation. And I also urge this commission to act on this agenda item and instruct staff directly to figure out how to open the 11th and Vermont Community Center overnight before this weekend so more people don't die. And I trust y'all to do that. I voted for most of you. And I really, really, hope that you find that humanity and see that someone died who shouldn't have and you make a decision tonight decisively thank you marielle ferrero Hey, commissioners, uh, Maria Ferrero, um, community member. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad this was brought as an agenda item. Thank you, Commissioner Sellers, for doing that. And thank you to Misty and Brandon for, for coming forward and providing some information. I think um, providing transparency to the community is is imperative, especially in these moments of, of emergency and, and extreme anxiety with folks facing the elements. Um, through that conversation, I, I want to say that what we're many of the community members are coming forward and why we are concerned is we're interested in collaboration we, we care about our community <clears throat> everyone in our community and we care that they're safe so that is the the vein in which we are speaking from um 
again, speaking as someone who volunteered at the emergency winter shelter, um, both when it was at a hotel and when um, we had it at the community building, we had actual beds. Granted, they were mats on the floor, but they were actual beds. Um, chairs are not beds. That is not a, a safe way to, to keep somebody, um, if they're in a building that, that's not accessible, that's not um, dignified. Um, I work for a national consulting agency that works with Built for Zero, works with Community Solutions, that works for the National Alliance to End Homelessness. I know for a fact that has been proven that multiple types of shelters, multiple opportunities bring the availability of more people to seek shelter. If you give them options, they will come. They don't just want to turn it away because they're not ready. That's an, an absurd claim to make that somebody is not ready to be inside. They are just trying to figure out the safest choice for them. And if that happens to not be the current space that we have for whatever reason, then we need to have another option. When we were trying to plan emergency winter shelter last year, we came to you with three different sanction camps. We only got one. We have continuously asked for more options because it is proven that when you give people choice and you give them agency and you give them dignified shelters, not chairs, but actual places to feel comfortable, to rest, because in the morning they are going to brave the elements again, that they will time and time again come back and be, sh and be sheltered and want to be sheltered. We took people probably against the rules, but when I worked overnight for the emergency winter shelter, I took people at two in the morning because it was disgusting outside, because it was not humane conditions for people to be outside. And they were able to come because it was downtown. It was accessible to them. It was a bed. It was warmth. They could make coffee. They could use a restroom. They could take a shower. We need to have more options for people. Please consider opening the community building. We have an operations plan that the team last year put together so skillfully. Like I said, it's not a fix-all, end-all solution. We have a long way to go when figuring out homelessness and addressing how we're going you, to Mariel. get more affordable and accessible housing to folks. Thank you, Mariel. But this is something we can do now. Wait. Thank you. Thank you. Vince uh, Munoz. Hi again. Um, yeah, I just wanted to echo some of the things that were said, but also point out something that maybe hasn't been made clear yet. Um, uh, Misty was mentioning that there's all this information in a press release, and, and I appreciate that. Um, but I will just tell you that I work professionally in marketing and communications, and I send all sorts of communications that people internally like are required by merit of their job to read, and they don't read it. Um, so it's, you know, the idea that a press release is going to get all the information out to everyone, especially people who may not have access to phones or who themselves are unsheltered is a part of this conversation. Like when, when the rules are constantly changing, um, that presents challenges. You know, it seems like some of the commissioners tonight were surprised by some of the things that Misty said. Um, so let alone the people who actually, um, you know, need to physically move to get somewhere. Um, and, and this just goes back to um, the points that were previously made about the fact that like the physical proximity of these spaces to people who are unsheltered is super important. Like people need to be within walking distances of some of these spaces in order to get to them in, a, in an emergency situation. So that's why we need more, um, or we need like the community shelters open, the community buildings open and not just LCS. LCS is like great and they're doing really important work, but because of how far away they are from people, that presents a problem, and that's why those of us in the community who are here tonight are asking for additional spaces that are physically more proximate to the people who are going to be receiving this service, 
also be open. Uh, so I would just ask you to keep in mind, keep that in mind, and once again, try to open up those spaces that are already physically close and within walking distance of people who need it the most. Thank you. Jen Wolsey. Sorry, I'm trying to get myself off mute. Okay, I'm gonna try to do this and look at my notes at the same time. We'll see if we can do this. First of all, um, and I'm gonna talk fast because that's what I do. Um, this is more of my subject um, expert comment. Um, thank you, Misty. First and foremost, thank you for the message you provided. Thank you for the information that you provided. Thank you for being out in the community and not just sitting in your house. I think that's really important for people to recognize that she's actually out there doing the work. Um, I wanted to thank Mariel too, and I kind of wanted to um, back up what she said that just though we might not all agree that we all have a shared goal that we are trying to keep people alive. That's it. So it does not really, I mean, this is not the time to debate who should be responsible for what. We as humans are all responsible for our neighbors. And a true community plan that's going to work means it needs to be everyone coming to, to the table, asking what can they do and it not be so fragmented. So again, I appreciate the options that are being spoken about. Um, and I do appreciate what Misty said that people do have choice and autonomy and that is super, super important. And since I have worked with this population, I'm very familiar with the fact that sometimes people are gonna make choices that we don't agree with and we still need to respect their choices. But I also wanna back up what Frank said and he said that if we provide as many possibilities, then there is likely going to be a choice that somebody will choose. And then I just want to do the main thing. Um, I don't know, I'm gonna do it towards commissioners. I'm gonna thank Commissioner Dever with this, but I hope other ears are listening. Please verify that your street outreach is out there. As someone who has been out there with other advocates, I am familiar with who this new team is, and I will tell you, they were not out there. That is not a need for me to be pointing fingers at anyone, I am telling you the goal is to keep people alive. If you are relying on these six, seven people to get the message out there, the unhoused are not getting the message. So again, I'm okay with choice, but make sure the people you have out there are actually going out there. Don't rely on a phone number because we know that many unhoused folks do not have phones. Please don't rely on a city notification because not everyone that's unhoused has y'all as Facebook friends or are on your website. Please make sure the people that are going out there are really, really, really going out there because these supportive housing funds that we're talking about with KDADS that have to go through Burt Nash, Folks are not gonna get those funds if Burt Nash hot team is not out there. So again, I'm talking to commissioners, but I hope the right person's listening. Please, please, please make sure Burt Nash is going out there. Thank you. Chris Flowers. Uh, this is Chris Flowers. I'd just like to echo that last sentiment, that sentiment um, that you all are making sure that the outreach are out actually going out and reaching out to the homeless. Um, also, I wanted to thank um, Commissioner Sellers for, for adding this to the agenda item. And it is, maybe it was out of the ordinary, but sometimes you gotta do out of the ordinary stuff when it's kind of um, an emergency, basically. Um, 
And I just want to also echo the sentiments that we need we need more options than just the LCS, especially when you, if you just look out your your window, do you want to walk miles in that? I mean, I bet you a lot of sidewalks aren't cleared yet. That's going to be I mean, it's walking a, a couple miles is already a trek, but when you're doing it in inches of snow, um, it'd be nice to have a place that wasn't as far of a walk. And also, I just want to bring up the bus situation. Um, I've seen people bitching about it online because you have uh, changed routes around, and some t some routes are only going once an hour when it used to be twice an hour. So things have kind of changed. So it might be harder right now for um, people who re rely on buses to be making it to where they're supposed to be going on time. Just till they get used to how and the drivers themselves get used to how the the new routes are working so i i just want to support the that you all open up another emergency shelter that's not just lcs thank you arlo clementine Hello, Commissioners. My name is Arlo Clementine, and I live in the 66044 zip code. Um, this is my second winter in Lawrence, Kansas, and the second winter that I um, have watched community members die um, because of lack of uh, city support for them. Um, it is urgent urgent that you immediately direct city staff to take care of this issue and open the community center on 11th and Vermont. Folks need access. The idea of people having to sit in chairs instead of being able to relax and get warm after braving the elements is just unfathomable to me. It is vital that we understand that the governor can make a state of emergency and we must act with that right now. We don't have tomorrow. It needs to be taken care of tonight. Thank you. Sherilyn Wells. I'm sorry for sounding so angry before, but I hope that you can find some way where you have pads where people can lay down at night and not sit in chairs. I know that some people have seem to have an animosity towards people that are homeless. It's what has happened, the situation is, from many factors, I would say one of the things is the disparity of income in this country. Even people that have their wits about them are having trouble supporting themselves, much less disabled people. And once someone becomes homeless, getting out of it on their own is extraordinarily difficult. I hope that we find a way to have some place where people can lie down at night. Thank you very much. Seven Rockhold. Hello, my name is Seven Rockhold. Um, I've worked like, I've not only worked, but lived with so many people who have been homeless or have worked with homeless populations, especially during Lawrence. And the impact on them every time someone dies out in the cold is like felt throughout not just them and me, but like everyone else around them. I have coworkers now calling out of work tomorrow because they are distraught after what has happened today. 
And this ripples throughout like the entire city. There are so many people I know who are affected by this now. And it is not just the 60 something people who were on the Zoom call now and were earlier who were upset by it, but hundreds others, I'm certain. That this city has been so slow to respond in saving, like preventing death is absurd and there needs to be more done locally downtown where people have access where the people are so that people do not continue to die because if things continue as they are there will be more deaths this winter and no one here wants to see thank you david cooper David Cooper. Sorry, I'm here. My phone glitched out. <clears throat> David Cooper. Uh, I live in the 66044 area as well. Um, I, like many, wanted to uh, underscore some things that other people have said. Uh, it's so frustrating to watch how slow the city moves in dealing with this issue. It's obviously a very complicated and systemic issue. And uh, instead of putting money into that problem, it feels like the problem just gets kicked down until we're in this situation where we have a crisis response and it's piecemeal and it's uncoordinated and people die. And I think that that's um, indicative of a um, broader, problem that the city commission prioritizes the interests of um, money and developers and not our neighbors. And um, <clears throat> I think that we need to think about where our money's going and how we're supporting our neighbors and our community. And I mean, like others have said, this is, uh, at this point, it's an actual crisis. Somebody died. I don't understand why we're even having a conversation. We should just figure out a way to get people inside tonight. And um, I don't know, it's just so discouraging to be in a town that is in many ways a vibrant, unique community, especially in Kansas. And yet watch us year again, uh, sorry, year in and year out, make the same mistakes, uh, not taking care of the people that need it the most, not centering those voices. I don't understand why there's not some sort of direct conduit through which unhoused folks can speak with the city commissioners. They're not going to come to city commission meetings. Why we, we need to center the voices of those who are most vulnerable and we need to go, we need to meet people where they're at. And, um, you know, I think that instead of constantly trying to do things to unhoused folks, we need to be in conversation with unhoused folks and see what it is that they want, they need, what roles they can play in supporting themselves. Um, it's just, again, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to be here year in and year out and having the same conversations and nothing happens. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, we should house the unhoused. <laughs> Thank you. Justin Bull. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, my name is Dustin Bolt. I am actually currently at Bertram 
Um, I'm one of the individuals that found out about Sam, um, didn't know her very well. It is tragic what has happened. And um, I've actually been working with a couple other individuals in a group, um, just trying to build a coalition just for these exact purposes. Um, currently, I'm in my tent and I have snow falling all around me. And it is, um, I'm kind of with it when it comes to the elements, but this is no joke. This one, um, this one kind of, this is a doozy, you know. I wasn't always homeless. I'm working to get out of it. But, I mean, this, these are some serious matters, and there's a lot of people out here that need to have a voice heard, and that's what we're working on as far as this group. I think this group that in which I speak of are going to be a key asset into helping us all find a solution for our community and just the betterment. I mean, so these in, these um, circumstances don't take place. You know, I, I, I spend my day running myself ragged just to help people, you know, adequately get by on a day-to-day basis, and I stretch myself thin, and it's, it's, it's a lot, but, I mean, I, I speak for a voice of many other people. I mean, I'm immersed in, in this community, and there, there has to be something done. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be addressed. There's a lot to talk about, but I know there's limited time. Hopefully, there's some way we can uh, coalesce all of our efforts together, and that way we can just work towards prosperity. Thank you for your time, you guys. That's all the comments, Mayor. Okay. Bring it back. Um, any a, further comments? I want to ask a couple questions before I say something. Mystique, if you're back on. Mayor, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes, we can all hear you. Okay. Uh, Misty is not on anymore. Um, her and Mitch were staffing the community building, uh, which was serving as a warming shelter, a warming center uh, today and this evening, and um, they're actually transporting somebody to LCS right now to check in. Well, then you can probably answer these because... Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to respond. Yes. Because I want to ask a few questions. I think I heard the answers to, but but I, I'm not sure everyone heard the same thing I did, so I guess I want to be clear on that. One, I think you just answered. We have people working at the community shelter that's open now, and if someone walks in, we're transporting them to LCS. Is that correct? You said community shelter. Are I mean, you talking about the community I mean, building? Community building, thank you. Uh, the community building is is a warming center. All of our recreation centers are warming centers. So as long as they come in during daytime hours, um, I think we'd be able to uh, provide transportation over to LCS. Mm. I said daytime, but I mean business hours. Yeah, and but Misty was there, and uh, she's currently transporting people there to LCS from the community building to LCS. At this moment, yes. And I believe, um, and Mark can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, hours, operating hours ended at about 8 o'clock this evening at Community Building. Okay. And, and maybe you can answer this or not. When someone's at LCS, are they allowed to stay during the day or are they kicked out at 7 a.m.? Um, oh, and I see Misty's logged back on. But our uh, funding agreement um, with LCS, uh, Back in December, it, um, uh, it LCS agreed to allow people to stay there during the daytime. 
So um, during winter shelter operations. So uh, the operation over the over the summertime and early fall, um, where people were exiting at 7 a.m. That is that has not been the case since they started providing winter shelter operations, uh, which actually began. They've been uh, doing that since uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. Thank you. I guess I would start the conversation and say I, I appreciate the work we've been doing. You know, I was involved before I was on the commission opening the first winter shelter in the basement of the Methodist Church. And we were supposed to have 20 people, and just like many people in this room, you know, when it got cold, we we let people in, and at 2 in the morning, we let people in, and we, um, they slept on the floor, and we kicked them out at 7 a.m., and we said we need to do better, and so... We worked forward and we came up with a plan after I joined the commission to open up the community building. And we brought people in at seven o'clock at night and we kicked them out at 7 a.m. and they slept on little tiny pads and we gave them a granola ball and we said, gosh, we need to do better. Um, and what do we need to do better? We need to get them a place to sleep and we need to feed them and we need to not kick them out at 7 a.m. So, the, we have moved ahead with a plan that we've been working on for months in which people have the you know the ability to go someplace and um, be there 24 hours a day to be fed and to be um, have a warm place to stay be it in this cold freeze or in another freeze. I mean, and just in, in the winter. So we, we, we have a much better plan and we're doing much more than we've done before. And we've been responding to the concerns of uh, a place to sleep, a place to have food and a place you can be 24 hours a day. And people said, well, you can't get there. Okay, well, fine, we will transport them. We have people working like Misty right now, transporting them. We, we started, well, you don't have buses on Sunday. We start the buses on Sunday. You say we, we, we can't, you know, people might not be able to get there at night. We now have an agreement with our police to take people there, that they'll accept them and that they'll be warm and fed and then they can stay 24 hours a day. So we can get people there. And it's a place much better than sleeping on the floor and getting kicked out at 7 a.m. And, and so far, that has not been full. We, people are complaining. I mean, I've heard some complaints that, well, we don't want to put them in chairs. We haven't even got to that point yet because we still have those capacities and we're trying to get people there. But we have a plan in place um, at LCS. And then we have yet another plan and in place. Someone died. Someone died. Sherry, we'll, Sherry someone else had um, um, someone in place. And so... Um, I am I am very supportive of the plan we have in place. I'm very supportive in um, having folks um, have a place to go, and, and and we've been working on this for a while. And so I'm glad we have. I mean, I, I'm not sure why people think the community building is better than the Santa Fe building, um, or, or why the 50 people we have there is different. I mean, yeah, it might not be the same building, but we've been working on a plan in place um, for that overflow as we need it. And so, um, you know, I, I'm appreciative of it. And, and certainly, um, we need places for people to go, and we're prepared for that. And I appreciate the, the work and the effort that's been put into that. Um, 
Yeah, I would I would agree with Commissioner Finkel. I, I we're talking about potential avenues that we haven't reached yet, but we do have those available to us, which is you know our Santa Fe and then also Monarch Village um, and also the library on site at LCS, and also we have additional pallets that we could also deploy there if needed be. Granted, that's down the line. So we are building up capacity. Uh, we and for that circumstance where we if we do have folks that um, so need it that we can go ahead and shelter them and because the greatest goal is to get them out of the elements so um, the, the better that we can do that and the sooner that we can do that I think the better off that uh, folks will be so um, as soon as we can get them out of the elements the better um, but I was glad to hear the the information from Misty and Brandon and uh, the progress is that that is ongoing. So um, I know that this is just a, uh, this is not the final piece of this. This is always, you know, just part of our inter incremental progress in addressing um, houselessness and um, shelter and housing for our folks in town. And uh, um, I'm, I'm heartened to see that uh, we, We've got got some solutions in place. Um, I don't. This is Commissioner Shelter. Okay, uh, this is Commissioner. I, I almost call myself Commissioner Shelter. I wish I was Commissioner Shelter right now. Um, this is Commissioner Sellers. Uh, you know, sometimes we give incrementalism a real bad name. We really do. Um, quick question before um, I share my comments. Missy, just to confirm what you're saying, based on what was discussed tonight with Santa Fe, the if-then statement with Santa Fe, if LCS was to reach capacity, folks would then be transported to Santa Fe. We're using Santa Fe instead of the community building off of 11th and Vermont. But you're telling me that the Santa Fe building would be staffed by city staff, correct? That is correct. Thank you. Also, well, I do have another question. You are transporting individuals who are coming to the community building seeking refuge to LCS. Are you doing that in a city vehicle or your personal vehicle? At this very moment, um, uh, we I am with Mitch. Um, we, we were at uh, the community building with our personal vehicles and we are together transporting an individual. Otherwise, it is with the um, uh, work vehicle, but we left that at Camp New Beginnings for staff to use to transport individuals that might want to go from Camp New Beginnings. So that's the only vehicle we had. So thank you, so ma'am. You're, you're rotating your city vehicle around to accommodate for the multiple sites that people are at to see if they would like to seek refuge inside. Thank yes, you. You're welcome. And thank you again for your presentation tonight. I think it goes without saying, uh, we appreciate when staff does provide us with updates. That is what um, they are the subject matter experts in this and, and that we appreciate the information they give us as we deliberate on decisions. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to, to let everybody know what's going on. You're very welcome. Um, however, um, you know, in the sense of 
you know, we tell people don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Um, we, you know, we, we do need to recognize small wins, um, but when we start to use those small wins to justify our inability to think innovatively and creatively and just with a little bit more expanded human decency, um, I do have to call foul on that. Um, I don't like the fact that we have an if then. There has to be, we, we need to do better. Why we don't have, in, this, in the case of a declaration of, of emergency as it relates to a disaster, inclement weather, that we do something, that we open up an event, and we kind of have that, but we really don't. It's one of those if then things. And the fact that we have centralized emergency sheltering to one entity that is currently going through the process of onboarding a new executive director um, that has not had the best relationship working with the city and county, let's be honest with that, um, and that while onboarding a new executive director and is seeking additional key executive positions, um, will not have the pallet shelter up until they can find individuals to volunteer and or be employed to work that. Um, so we have we we have a timeline that doesn't really have time on it that we can't put time in it. Um, in addition to partners that we are beholden to, while also they are kind of beholden to us because we've given them money to do the thing that, as it stands tonight, we don't know if they're really doing it, kind of doing it, sort of doing it. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, this is heavy. Um, I don't see why we cannot activate and open up Santa Fe right now. It's not contingent on anything related to capacity, workforce capacity with LCS. It's based on capacity of our staff. And when we stay ready, we don't have to get ready. And to say that we've come from pallets and granola bars on the floor, I mean, we still have people sleep on the floor. Those same mats that are at the community building, probably when Commissioner Finkel died, ushered in this new, uh, ushered in this change are the same ones that people are sitting, sleeping on. And the same ones that people were sleeping on tonight and the folks were sleeping on last winter and last winter before that. And so the idea that we are centralizing and pushing people to one area, I don't know, out a sense of convenience, how do we kill three birds with one stone? How do we get all these folks over to to LCS so that they're warm, so that, you know, because they can be there all day and they can be there all night and they can get, you know, three hots and a cot there and all of this, whatnot, because that's what they want. So I guess we're telling people what their choices are because that's convenient for us. That's convenient for LCS. It's not convenient for them. And so, you know, I... Whatever I say tonight, it's not going to be voted up. I know that. Um, but this, if then, we won't do this until we do that. You know, that goes back to that thing about progressivism or performativism. And, you know, we, we have our unhoused in a very small box in this community. And we don't want to stretch that box too much because of fear of what will happen. And we want folks to function within that box. And if we can contain that to the box, 
then it keeps us from being feeling overwhelmed and disheveled about our community still trying to learn and understand about what we're dealing with here because we're not it's not we're not ancillary to it it is a pandemic um but i i wish you know i wish i had the votes tonight to do it i wish somebody else other than me would make the the motion to change, you know, the changes so that we're opening up Santa Fe right now. And it has nothing to do with once we reach a certain number at at LCS, because that's not choice. That is not choice. To say we're giving people the choice of where to go. No, we're telling people, yes, you, you have the autonomy to live outdoors during inclement weather. However, if you want to live in, if you want to be warm, the only place you're going to go is to LCS. Well, I may not want to go to LCS because there might be somebody there who raped me, who beat me, who stole from me, who just gives me the ibby-jibbies, and I don't want to be there. But, oh, they haven't reached capacity, so you got to go there. So, And you either get a bed, you either get a plastic mat, or you get a chair. And that's your choice. Doesn't seem like a choice to me. So... You know, I know what I would want staff to do, and I know what I would motion to do, but I want to second the motion tonight. And I don't know if I'll have that opportunity. Well, I, I would only add that we have staff who's been working on that this, not only our staff, LCS staff, um, staff from many of our partner organizations been working on this emergency plan, um, and it's in the middle of being um, implemented it's in full implementation and I guess what you want us to do is make a motion to circumvent all that work circumvent what they're doing circumvent their um, processes and their beliefs um, tonight and then order them to do something because as you sit here today you believe that is the is is the motion you want us to make to order our staff to do something outside the plan that they've developed with our partners that's what you're asking us to do tonight Commissioner Finkelbein, as it relates to the disaster declaration yes okay as it relates to the declaration i mean we yeah i'm not gonna make not, that motion i'm not trying to deviate i'm not trying to derail staff from a plan plan that has been put together, but I'm pretty sure the plan didn't take into account inclement weather. So what do we do when there's inclement weather? You, you don't think the plan, the course. you don't think they've been planning for, I mean, that's what the winter sheltering is. It's planned for inclement weather. That's the plan. It's part of the plan. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, any other comments? Not this time. Commissioner Larson. Okay, I'm not hearing anything. Actually, um, Mayor, I'll just say a couple of things. That, you know, I, I I would agree with uh, Commissioner Finkeldy that we are in the midst of the plan, and, and the plan has always been for winter sheltering, which includes weather situations and you know, bad weather situations. And based on what Misty outlined and what um, Brandon kind of filled in on, I feel as though we are implementing a good plan. Um, and the sad thing is, is we did have a death and that's never, that's, that's never anything you want to hear about or, or see happen. But I, I believe from where we've come from and where we are now, uh, you know, we, we're making some really good headway into a very 
extremely complex situation, and I, I, I like what I'm hearing as to how they're rolling it out. Um, doesn't mean that we can't always do better, and we'll continue to continue. We will continue to do better, but I, I do think that we're we're heading in the right direction right now. This is absurd. It, 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 to say, sure. I'm working. To say that you're doing better when someone is. All right. You're doing better when is dead. Can you? When move, someone is. You might have to go. You can keep trying to unmute me. The meeting. Yeah, I'll remove. Right, you, um, the other thing I would um, be clear when I'm saying is, we might open Santa Fe tomorrow. We might open Santa Fe tomorrow night. Uh, you know, we might open Santa Fe this weekend. Um, what I'm not willing to do is make a motion to order the staff to open it tonight. Um, I, I think we have a good plan. And so how many people do you have to please to death before you decide to make a motion yeah. to change anything? Oh, I, thank you, Sherry. Shame on you. Okay. Um, do we... You're getting hijacked. Yeah. Uh, Sherry, do we have to... We've got to talk. We don't have to pass any sort of motion on this. It was the discussion, correct? If someone hasn't made a motion, then no. Yeah. Um, I think it was a discussion item. So, um, but uh, yeah, that being said, uh, thank you for the information and the update. I will go ahead and move us on to commission item H, commission items. Um, you are letting people die. So uh, would any of the commissioners have any commission items? No. Um, there were a couple that were brought up during the meeting today that I would, I would like to bring up. Uh, I believe a gentleman earlier um, brought up the balancing act. Uh, if we could you know, promo that uh, when that comes out. Um, and I think he had a question about the Homestead Act. I don't know if, I think it was something Commissioner Sellers brought up late last year. Um, and I uh, believe Ms. Shipley, Courtney, brought up uh, the uh, right of way and uh, if just a little bit of clarification on that item as well. I think those were all the ones I had. It was the cost of the right of way? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah. If that's fine with anybody, if we could have any updates on those. Yes, just so just so I'm clear, um, and Sherry, jump in if you if you need a clarity too. Okay. So, are you looking for a proposal to add a senior homestead exemption? Oh no, it's, it's uh, I th I thought we we got an update regarding that, but I wasn't sure, so I was just wanting a little bit of clarification. There had been a follow up assigned to staff, and I have I've reached out to them after that public comment just to. To refresh my memory on if we did a city manager's report or force that's still pending so we'll make sure that we'll either update you or provide information on where okay. that stands gotcha okay good and then the balancing act yeah the balancing act is an incremental it's a it's definitely a part of our budget process and we will be absolutely promoting that so that the, the community can engage in that at the earliest possible stage yes which i was glad he mentioned it because, you know, it's getting out there, so. Yeah, people knew it was there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you're interested, you all are interested in just sort of a city manager's report on, like, the, the different. Yes. We charge for the right. That, that would be fine. Yeah. 
Thank you for those. Yep. Um, any further commission items? All right, not seeing any. Okay, I'll move us on to the city manager's report, uh, item I. The only item on there is the uh, is the future agenda items, and uh, obviously we have a heavier agenda next um, next week. Also, pointing out the seventeenth is the joint meeting. Just want to remind everybody of that. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, regarding the seventeenth, will we kind of? I don't know. How are we, how are we gonna? plan that out I mean I know it's an hour and a half but is it like a joint agenda or is it yeah, yeah the primary the primary thing is a presentation okay. on um, homelessness right. and our our system plan okay and then any discussion that the two okay. bodies together want to have on that sounds good all right um, and this is a public comment item so I'm not seeing any questions for any of the commissioners. Um, I'll open this up to public comment. None in here. Sherry, any online? No, Mayor. Okay, bringing it back. Commission calendar, item J. Anything look amiss? <laughs> there is one thing I wanted just, I know. Uh, the um, NLC Congressional City Conference is March 11th through 13th. Mm -hmm. Conference is the 9th through the 10th. We have three commissioners attending, and we do have a meeting on the 12th. So you all will either will need to to decide whether you want to reschedule that, or if you're just going to want to suspend that meeting. Right. And again, I could bring that out back as an item. I just wanted to give you a heads up on that because we have time, but we already do have three commissioners attending. So unless you're interested in attending virtually while you're there, we would we won't be able to have a quorum that night. Okay. And we I take it we have an open date to 26th, right? Say that again. We have an open date March 26th? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're saying that could be a possibility. Still have three meetings, but just skip right. the 12th. Yeah. Yeah, the, the code allows you all, with the majority of the vote, on a regular scheduled meeting, you do have to vote to either um, suspend it, um, change the date or time, or move its location. So we would just need to make you all to make sure you do that as a motion. But again, we can do that next week or even okay. the 1st of February. Okay. Fine with me. <clears throat> but uh, okay, I think that brings us back to uh, item K, adjournment. Move to adjourn. All right. Second that motion. All right. First and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Okay. All right. That passes five to zero. <clears throat> we are adjourned. Thank you, folks.